Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 125, Smear Campaigns. It's June 21st, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I'm also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moskowitz. Smear campaigns. Oh my heavens. This is a deeply painful topic. And at the same time, I was a little bit surprised to understand how prevalent I believe that it is according to the research. Because I am extremely well-versed in smear campaigns on the receiving end, being the target of smear campaigns, I have some suggestions which I think might be helpful to you if you have the unfortunate situation of uh, having a smear campaign done against you. So let's dive right in. If you are new to my content, I hope you will visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway. My disclaimer is this. I am not a medical health professional or a licensed therapist or or an unlicensed therapist. I am not in the medical community, in therapy community, and therefore nothing I say in this podcast or any of my other content is designed to be therapy advice or medical advice. You should get that from a licensed provider. If you are listening to this podcast right now, and you are feeling suicidal, or you are feeling hopeless, or you simply feel that life is simply too hard for you to continue, I am asking you to call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. What I promise you is that there is help available and people will help you. So take the help that's available because this is a very common problem where people feel overwhelmed in life or they've had too many painful traumas. So take the help. My next piece is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I do have transcripts for all of my previous podcasts on my podcast hosting platform, which is rss.com. And within a few hours of a new podcast being published and live, a corresponding transcript will be generated for your use. Hopefully, I am improving in my flow of speaking and my pronunciation so that you have a better transcript for your use. Now, Let's start smear campaigns with a couple definitions. They're very similar, but they're different. And first of all, smear campaign is a noun. And the first one is a planned attempt 
to harm the reputation of a person or company by telling lies about them. Number two, a plan to tarnish the reputation of a public figure, especially by vilification or innuendo. Number three, a deliberate attack on somebody by spreading an untrue and unpleasant rumor about them or by making an accusation intended to damage their reputation. And the fourth definition is a concentrated and prolonged effort to damage or ruin someone's or some group's reputation through the perpetuation of claims about their failures or faults, whether true or not, exaggerated or falsified. So you get the idea. They are all pointing to the same thing, intentional actions designed to harm or ruin a person's reputation, which also could be a company's reputation or an organization's reputation. And in this podcast, I'm basically addressing personal smear campaigns. If it's going on at work or in a professional setting or a setting that is significant to your career, you may need to take additional actions than what I'm outlining. You might have to hire an attorney. You might have to do other things. I'm not saying that you should or you shouldn't. I have no skin in the game about that. But if it's your professional reputation or something of great significance, you may have to take other more serious actions as indicated by the situation. So this podcast is basically for personal smear campaigns that uh, will happen in life. So to start out with, this is a very, very complex and big topic, and I want to make it clear that I'm focused this podcast on smear campaigns. And to support you, if you are dealing with a smear campaign, I have a library of podcasts that will support you if you are dealing with a smear campaign. So for example, I have podcasts podcasts on The Green-Eyed Monster, Dangerous People, Dealing with Criticism, Judgment, and Condemnation, Secrets, Lies, and Telling the Truth, Dealing with Bullying and Mistreatment, another podcast titled Oh No, You Did Not Train People How to Treat You, When People Drill Holes in Your Boat, Domestic Abuse, Counterbalance the Negative, and Creating Your Life. That's 10 podcasts that will support you if you are in the midst or dealing with a smear campaign. And there are other podcasts that will help you as well. But that just gives you kind of the flavor of some of the podcasts that would be most appropriate in supporting you if you're dealing with a smear campaign. So as I already mentioned, smear campaigns do happen at work. They most certainly do have they do happen at work without question, without fail. They also happen in families. They happen in organizations and associations. It does happen in marriages. It happens in friendships. It happens in relationships. There's really no area in life where human beings are immune from smear campaigns. And the thing about smear campaigns is they are without question 
a form of manipulation and abuse. A smear campaign is absolutely without question a form of abuse. Now, at the core, at the root of a smear campaign, the design is to dehumanize, devalue, exploit, or hurt another purpose, another person. They are not done by accident. These smear campaigns or a smear campaign is done on purpose and with intention. So what I want you to understand at the outset is <clears throat> you do not have to necessarily do anything to provoke a smear campaign. Now, you could do things to provoke a smear campaign. At the same time, that's not how it usually happens or goes. Someone could instigate a smear campaign against you simply because they are jealous, envious, or resentful of how well liked you are, or how um, nice you are, or how successful you are, or how happy you are, or what you have, and on and on and on. So it is important, in my opinion, for you to understand that many, if not most, smear campaigns are not provoked. You can, you can provoke one, you could provoke one, I don't recommend it, but much of the smear campaigns are not provoked. And why they're not provoked is because of the people who do them. So smear campaigns are more often than not done by narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, and individuals who have specific and certain mental health illnesses. Not all mental health illnesses or diagnoses will engage in a smear campaign. And there are people who might not qualify as a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, or some other psychopathy who will engage in a smear campaign because of the green-eyed monster. So it's a painful, painful thing if you've never had one. I mean, I actually hope that you've never had the luxury of a smear campaign. I actually have had many luxuries of a smear campaign, which is why I have so much to say about it. But to start, I want to begin with the prevalence, which to me was breathtaking. It was very, very surprising. So there is a book that it's an edited volume titled Psycho Psychopathy, New Updates on an Old Phenomenon. So it is the edited volume of a book titled Psychopathy, New Updates on an Old Phenomenon. Phenomena, which is edited by Frederico Durbano. And where you can find this is on intechopen, I-N-T-E-C-H-O-P-E-N.com forward slash chapters forward, forward slash 57015. This prevalence comes from a chapter titled The Impact of Psychopathy on the Family. Now, this book, by the way, is really a collection uh, from clinical psychiatrists who have experience in the practice of clinical evaluations in issues uh, relating to psychopathy. So, according to this book, 
that what they did in this chapter, the impact of psychopathy on the family, is they extrapolated the numbers to reach the impact of how many people does psychopathy impact in a family or, or out in the world. So they took the antisocial personality disorder, which comes in at a full 4% of the population, or approximately 8.8 million people in the U.S., combine that with severe, severe psychopathy, which comes in at a 0.06%, or roughly 1.3 million people, combine those numbers, and then they did the ripple effect. So they determined through their experience that the ripple effect for someone with severe psychopathy or antisocial personality disorder was about eight other individuals. That someone with those uh, diagnoses would, in the ripple effect, affect roughly eight people, which, doing the math, brings you to a total of 70.4 million Americans impacted, according to this chapter in the book, which, which they equate to about one-third of the U.S. population. So according to this book, Psychopathy, New Updates on an Old Phenomenon, the edited version, up to one-third of Americans are impacted by someone with antisocial personality disorder or severe psychopathy. A third of the population. That's not nothing. That is very significant, and it's troubling. And it's and what that means is that the prevalence of smear campaigns is is probably extremely high. So why would someone engage in a smear campaign? And by the way, a smear campaign can be in a gang. It could be a gang of people engaging in a smear campaign, whether that's a gang of people at work or a gang of people that is like your family members or your friend group or in an association. It can happen in a group. Oftentimes there's one instigator, but it can really be contagious and then there can be kind of a gang mentality where a gang of people adopt the smear campaign. So if you have a narcissist, a psychopath, a sociopath, or someone that has an antisocial personality disorder or severe psychopathy, what is predictable is a smear campaign. It is completely predictable. And many of the people with those mental health issues will start a smear campaign the minute you're in their life without you knowing it. You know, you could be dating them or married to them, and you don't know that they've already implemented a smear campaign. Now, the people who participate in a smear campaign, they, in the, in the research, what, what they're called, according to what I read by mental health professionals, is the people who participate, which could be knowingly or unknowingly. They could be knowingly smearing or unwittingly or unknowingly smearing. These people are referred to as flying monkeys. After the flying monkeys in the movie The Wizard of Oz that did the bidding of the Wicked Witch. So flying monkeys help to spread the smear campaign some of them know and participate. Some of them 
don't know they're participating in a smear campaign. And um, why do people do this? Well, for, for one thing, it is the way that some individuals, narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, and whatnot, will cover up or attempt to cover up their own bad behavior projecting that you are the one you are the evil one you're the one who did all the things it can also be born out of what is i'm calling a perceived wrong people who have mental health issues for the most part or in in large majority have irrational thinking and they end up that means they have flawed thinking flawed perceptions so someone even someone who just simply has you know, very low self-esteem can have perceived wrongs. So perceived wrongs is one. I already mentioned it could be straight up the green-eyed monster. It could be. that, And that wouldn't necessarily mean that the person who's acting out of their green-eyed monster is a narcissist or psychopath or has some psychopathy, but there's clearly something wrong with them to do that. Um, Smear campaigns by nature by their very nature, are punitive and vindictive. They are about power and control. And sometimes, or frequently, it happens because an individual feels threatened. So it could be a defense mechanism, even even if you did nothing. I mean, you, seriously, sometimes you just being your happy self and go living your life is enough to trigger someone. So if you, though, if you do have someone in your life, current or past, that is a psychopath, a narcissist, a sociopath, or has some form of severe psychopathy or some version of one of the antisocial personality disorders, you, in my opinion, would do well to expect that a smear campaign went on and is going on because that could be helpful for you. It's sad, it's very sad, it's very tragic, but that's what's predictable. It probably does not happen 100% of the time, but it's probably darn near close to 100% of the time. So what are the behaviors that are part of or wrapped up in a smear campaign? Well, I have a list of a few. This is not an all-inclusive list, by the way. There are so many. But we have lies, deceptive deceptive statements or distortions of the truth, gaslighting, taking actions to provoke a reaction or provoke some behavior, planting seeds, triangulation, character assassination, frequently by way of false accusations, isolating you, that could be isolating you or isolating others from you, which is a very uh, huge tactic for domestic abuse and abusers, economic abuse, emotional manipulation, and tactics of manipulation, which are very many, blaming, vilification to the extreme, to the extreme, projection, nonsensical conversations. And in nonsensical conversations, one piece is frequently irrational thinking. And it also could be someone who's an emotional reasoner, which is a form of irrational thinking, but the conversations, it just doesn't make sense. And sometimes that is on purpose. That is to distract you and, and get you off track. And trauma bonding can also be in play. So there are many different kinds of behaviors, all of them problematic. They're just simply 
bad behaviors and deeply troubling and concerning. So before I give you some ideas, I want to give you uh, two examples of a smear campaign. And in the first example, I'm, I'm providing it kind of in the step-by-step -step process so that you can understand how I managed and processed my emotions. Because what I'm learning, and I'm learning as I go, is that the pieces of managing and processing your emotions are not well known. So that's what it's coming across. That's what I'm learning. And so I thought, well, as I give you this example, I'll include, kind of chunk it out to show you how I manage my process, my emotions. So in this first example, well, first of all, I was young. I was, it was in an organization. We'll leave it at that. And there was a smear campaign, which luckily, by the grace of God or some miracle, a good friend of mine caught wind of, came over and talked to me about it, which was simply shocking. I mean, it was just shocking, beyond shocking. So the first wave was the shock of it. And then there was the question, well, was there any truth to what was being, you know, perpetrated in the smear campaign? So the first wave was shock. I was bewildered. Of course I was hurt. Of course I felt wounded and I was upset and sad and I did not believe there was any truth to it. But when some things happen and you don't know, sometimes you need to drill down to get to the truth. So my friend and I created a plan of attack to kind of sort it out, drill down to get to the truth, to find out was there any kernel truth to this? Was there anything at all that was remotely true about what was being said about me. And we got to the truth eventually. I mean, we did have to talk to, I don't know, a, a fair number of people. And there was no truth to what was being said. So it was a clearly vindictive, false rumor being spread out to tarnish my reputation. And ultimately, in the fact-finding mission to get to the truth, we found out who originated the smear campaign, which is always interesting and very helpful. So, but as a young person, I did not have experience with smear campaigns or being the target of someone who was jealous, envious, or resentful. So I was really deeply disturbed and troubled by this, and I did not have the wisdom or the uh, perceptions and the really insight to manage and process my emotions and it, because it didn't make sense to me. That's just not uh, jealousy, envy, and resentment are not qualities I've experienced for myself. So it, they never make sense. I mean, they're making a lot more sense now that I understand people, but they're not something I'm familiar with at a personal level. So I did end up um, getting coaching. I had to reach out for some coaching because I was a little stuck. And I was planning on quitting the the organization because <laughs> I thought, why would I want to be a part of, of, of any organization that would allow that? So I did get coaching from both of my parents, which was interesting because it was probably the first and only time I, I received multi-page handwritten letters from them about life and how 
this happens and, and that type of wisdom, which was beautiful and I have treasured. And I did also get coaching from one other adult, which then with their wisdom and their insights helped me in managing and processing my emotions because it helped to give me context. Context is a big piece for me in managing and processing my emotions. So then having done the fact-finding mission, having arrived at the truth, having talked to some people who could give me some perspective and some new insights, I could then manage and process the hurt, the wounds, the pain, and then ultimately come out the other side to arrive at forgiveness and compassion for the individual. I mean, quite frankly, I feel sorry for people who do that. I feel sorry for them. I feel sad for them. What a sad way to live. If that's how bad you feel about yourself, you have to go smear somebody else. That's really sad. So, um, Hopefully you get like it was in little snippets, the first piece, the second piece, the third piece, and and then I arrived at peace. <laughs> and, and oh, yes, she was surprised at how forgiving I was. Well, listen, I have this amazing life. Nobody gets in my way. Like nobody. You can try to take me down people, but good luck with that. But my next example was also when I was young. And it was actually a person who was engaging in a smear campaign. Little did I know, but I found out. Um, and the person that they tried to enroll to be a flying monkey knew me extremely well and knew who I was. Like they knew my heart. They knew my goodness. They knew who I was and they weren't having it. And they ripped them a new one. They just ripped them a new one and was like, you're messed up. And that they continued with the smear campaign. <laughs> they did. And they, they actually have still been at it. I know. Like, really? That's so sad. Like, get a life, people. But at any rate, the, this really underscores the significance and the value of you as a human being being able to manage and process your emotions with some power. It also underscores the importance of rational thinking and standalone self-esteem. It also underscores the value of creating your own life. When you are up to propelling your life, creating it beautifully, having fun, being happy, it's harder to take you out of the game. People will try especially if you're happy. I mean, I don't know what it is, but anyway, so deal with your emotions, which is, by the way, the next piece I want to kind of sort out with you because smear campaigns are extremely painful. They're painful. And if you don't already have the skills for managing and processing your emotions, this could end up where you're stuck with some baggage. And we don't want you getting any more baggage. We want you freed up. I want you to be like wildly happy, healthy, well-loved, having fun, having love and affection. Like that's what I want for you. Smear campaigns are the polar opposite of what I want for you. And if you are low in emotional abilities or don't fully have a good skill base 
or managing and processing your emotions, it's predictable or highly likely you could get stuck and end up with a little bit of baggage. So I have on my website a free downloadable document that is a diagram with several word pages of text that are my recommendations of how I manage and process my emotions. So in this whole, and so if you, if it were me, I'm suggesting, I'm suggesting if you're not like the master of, of the pieces of managing and processing your emotions, then visit my website, the doubt free, it's free. It's a free downloadable document, which is right below the Newsweek logo. Download it and use that as a tool to build your own skills. So one of the very important pieces for me in managing and processing my emotions is context. So in the smear campaign, the one of the context pieces is that the person originating it or the instigator of a smear campaign is pretty much unwell, pretty much mentally unfit, maybe a psychopath, maybe a narcissist, maybe some other diagnoses, or maybe just flat out filled with the green eyed monster. But that is a context for me in managing and processing my emotions. That's helpful. I'm not saying I give them a free pass. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not the fan of Oh yes, tolerate abuse. No, no, no. I have never said that. I will never say that. And so looking at the pieces though, it's helpful to understand someone is depraved or they're, you know, they're malicious or they're sick or they're whatever. That is a helpful piece in my opinion to to managing and processing your emotions or at least in in my opinion that's the case. So, um, so that's one piece is that people who are involved in it. Now I'm not talking about all the flying monkeys, the flying monkeys, here's the upshot. Here's the upshot. If there's any upshot to a smear campaign, trust me, I will find it. And this is the only one I think I can find. Well, it is that in a smear campaign, you know, which uses flying monkeys, the upshot is that sometimes you'll be able to discern that someone who's been a flying monkey for the smear campaign is really not on your team. They're really not for you. They're really against you. And that's helpful to know because you do in life, in my opinion, want to know who is drilling holes in your boat and flying monkeys who get swept up in a smear campaign and are perpetuating it and, and might even be enjoying it, they're not on your team. And that can be a big shock and it can also be a big disappointment and many other things, which going back to what we're talking about, which is managing and processing your emotions, you will have to manage and process your emotions about it. Now in managing and processing your emotions, sometimes you don't know the truth and you have to do a fact finding mission to get to the truth. As I explained in my first example, there are other cases where there is no fact finding mission needed whatsoever, and you can just ignore it and you can just 
move on with your happy life. In some cases, let's say, for example, you're falsely accused in court of making up your child's health. You can have the physician testify. You've got medical records. You're well documented. So again, you don't need to do a fact-finding mission. You just need to bring the right resources to bear to prove the accusation is false. And in many cases, in my opinion, you are simply going to ignore it. I mean, even though they're deeply painful and problematic, it is, you know, if you are busy with your own life and you are happy and you are healthy and you are chugging along, how much do you really care what other people are saying about you? Well, many people care too much about what other people say about them. I am not in that camp. I am not in that camp. I'm in the camp of, I know what I do is good. I know, I know my qualities and my virtues. I've been working on polishing those virtues my whole life, um, in order that someday maybe I'll get to heaven. So I'm not a bad person. I've never been vindictive or mean to other people because that's not who I am. So when you're busy moving your life forward, playing, laughing, having fun, having the time of your life, why are you going to spend time thinking about people who are gossiping about you or a smear campaign? Well, you can spend your time that way. I'm suggesting I'm suggesting an alternative that I hope that you feel is like, oh yeah, it doesn't that make sense? Well, it makes sense to me. But at any rate, manage and process your emotions about a smear campaign and any flying monkeys because it's a, this is a very deeply painful and I do not want you dragging around the negativity and the pain of a smear campaign into your beautiful future that you're creating. Now, if you happen to have children, um, whether they're young or whether they're young adults or some other age, it seems to me that it would be very helpful and prudent for your children of whatever age to know about the existence of smear campaigns. It can be helpful to them because one of the negative, really deeply, deeply problematic issues with a smear campaign is it could be damaging to someone else's mental health. It's really like they say mind games. It could damage or negatively impact your child's mental health or emotional health, in my opinion, and based on what I've read. So it would be helpful if your child just knew about smear campaigns. I mean, let's face it. If I knew about smear campaigns when I was in my very, very brand spanking new 20s, I would have had a context for a smear campaign. I didn't have a context because it was a brand new experience. So it doesn't hurt. And if you have been dealing with a psychopath, a narcissist, a sociopath, or someone with a serious mental health issue where psychopathy is involved and there may be a smear campaign or has been, there have been a smear campaign, that would be also helpful for your children. And you may absolutely need to get them into therapy 
I hope you would consider that because go back and listen to my podcast about what is therapy anyway. Therapy is simply you being able to look at your life under a microscope and see if your behaviors, your attitudes, the way you do life, you know, makes sense and holds water. And there are some people who will never go to therapy because what they do and how they live life doesn't, has no merit. It has no merit. And this, you know, this whole piece is, is sometimes frequently in families. Like it, it's a family issue. If it's a sibling or a parent, could be a grandparent, could be an uncle, like there's a huge ripple effect. So if it were me and I was a parent of a child or children where there was some family or some um, person in their circle that was um, had some psychopathy, it, it just would be helpful for them to understand the dynamics of a smear campaign. So, you know, like, gee, things I wish I would have known when I was 25 or 20, this would be one of them. I mean, I didn't realize how common they were until I did this podcast. I, it's, it's up to a third of the population. All right, so let's give me, let me give you some final suggestions, understanding that I have many other podcasts to support this. So number one, your best defense, your best position in life and in particular with smear campaigns is to get your own mental and emotional fitness house in order. You make sure you are thinking rationally. If you happen to discover that you have a cognitive distortion, guess what? You can move away from that. You can take intentional actions to move towards rational thinking. Same with having emotional ability. Same with having standalone self-esteem. But your best platform, by far, in my opinion, as having had many, many, many smear campaigns done against me, is you having your own mental and emotional fitness house in order. Number two, do the right thing always. Well, maybe I need to say that and maybe I don't need to say that. I think I might need to say that, which is why I'm saying it. It never, ever, ever is a bad thing to take the high road. Take the high road always. And if you don't want to do it because it's the right thing, do it because you will feel better. I promise you, you will feel better. People who do bad things don't feel good about themselves. You think they really feel good about themselves? They might not cop to it, but no. Always do the right thing and take the high road, even if no one will know, even if no one sees you. You don't need to promote it. You just need to take the high road and do the right thing always. Number three, manage and process your emotions. And if that's something that you're unsure about or unclear about, I've already pointed you to where you can get some help with that. And, and, and if you have some comments about the diagram and or the word recommendations, I'd love to hear it because I... I I can't find anywhere on the internet what I've put up on my website. I've looked, I've looked, I've looked, but I can't find it. All right, so 
Your emotions are a superpower. And when you're dealing with anything painful, whether it's a smear campaign, someone passing away, some life hardship, being able to get through the difficult emotions will be extremely helpful to you. Number four, when you're dealing with a smear campaign or anything else that's painful or hard or falls under the difficult emotions, which includes anger, betrayal, all kinds of things, it is extremely helpful for you to bump up and boost your self-care and your self-compassion. Really, not kidding. I have a podcast on self-care and self-compassion, and this is something, the self-care and self-compassion, that is, in my humble opinion, very lacking in society and in the world. People are very hard on themselves. They beat themselves up, and that's just not helpful. When you have something painful, like a smear campaign, it's very um, helpful to just be very kind to yourself, be very nurturing, boost your self-care, boost your self-soothing, and be compassionate. My next suggestion is you would do well to keep certain records, screenshots of certain text messages or threads, or any other evidence just in case if you're dealing with someone who has some form of psychopathy or who has been engaged in a smear campaign. You might not need it, but you might need it. My next suggestion is that you understand that it is almost 100%, maybe not 100%, but it's high percentage that you are dealing with someone who's mentally ill. Now, not everyone who does a smear campaign is mentally ill. Some people just are they come from scarcity instead of abundance. They have no emotional abilities and they just become the green eyed monster over and over and over because you have what they want and they might not qualify for being a psychopath, narcissist, or having some other mental health illness, but it's highly likely that you are dealing with someone who's not mentally well. And because of that, it's very, very important in my opinion that you take caution, that you are cautious and careful because people who are not mentally well can very easily become dangerous and it could be life-threatening or fatal. This is where we see, uh, we see this primary a lot in domestic abuse that becomes domestic violence. So Oftentimes, before there's domestic violence, there's domestic abuse without the violence. So people who are not mentally fit or well have a higher propensity, because they're not well, to become unhinged, to become filled with rage, and so they could be dangerous or problematic, which is why, if you can just ignore it, which is what I recommend, Walk away, keep your head held high, focus on creating, you know, do all the things I'm talking about and not be thinking about what other people are saying about you. And I already mentioned if you have children, preparing them, even if you have like the best wife in the world or the best husband in the world, or, you know, your marriage is phenomenal, or if you're a widow or a widower, or whatever, like 
you, it will not hurt your children to know a little bit about a smear campaign because it's very likely, extremely likely, at some point in their life, they will be the target of a smear campaign. Or if not the target, at least someone might try to rope them in to be a flying monkey. So it's valuable for young people to understand this, if nothing else, for their own mental health protection. Um, focus on creating your own life. This is really, this is to me where it's at, people. I mean, if you haven't gotten the idea, I don't know how many of my podcasts you, you've listened to at this point, but for my entire life, pretty much, people have tried to take me down and take me out of the game because I'm happy. I'm, I'm a happy, happy-go-lucky, okay, yes, I'm goal-oriented, I am goal-oriented, I am focused, yes, um, but I'm happy, I'm playful, I have fun, I have this amazing life, and people don't like that. People who don't have an amazing life can't stand that. Simply the fact that I'm happy triggers people. That's not my problem. So focus your energy and your efforts on making your life magical and amazing and creating your life and let other people do whatever they do. I'm not saying don't protect yourself, but if you put your focus and your energies and your time into creating something beautiful and magical for your life and something that just makes you excited and happy, who cares about what other people are doing? I mean, I just really think that's the way to go. Certainly, growing and developing yourself like a boss. Well, you know I'm a fan of that. That's what all of my content is, is about. Like, Because it doesn't have to be terrible. Like, Even like this year, I found out or realized that I have run away from love on multiple occasions. And I can laugh about that. Now, is it funny? Well, it's not really funny. But what's nice and I can laugh about is the fact that I can accept that, I can admit to that, I can own that, and now it does not own me. Now I'm not going to run away from love. Just make sure I get the right one. The next suggestion I have for you is to make sure that you have an abundance of love and affection in your life. If you're in domestic abuse, the love and affection may not come from your partner or your spouse, but you can counterbalance domestic abuse with love and affection from people outside of the domestic abuse relationship. I promise you that's possible. I promise you that can happen. I can promise you I've done that. But make sure you have an abundance of love and affection from good people in your life, always moving forward. And I do have a podcast about the lost art of love and affection that might be helpful if you if that's missing for you. And my last suggestion or recommendation is no matter what, do not let anyone or anything ruin your beautiful life. That is pretty much my rule. I refuse to let anyone or anything ruin my life. If my life ever becomes ruined, and it hasn't so far, and I'm old, uh, I will do the ruining. I will be the one to ruin it. And I'm not going to ruin my life. Why would I do that? I'm not going to ruin my own life. So don't give up your power. Take your power back and do not let a smear campaign 
or someone with psychopathy ruin your life? Yes, someone who's a psychopath or a narcissist or sociopath or someone with certain other mental health issues, yes, some of them will try to ruin your life. They will. I can promise you that. I've had experience with that. Um, I mean, I'm laughing. It's not funny. But I'm laughing because I've dealt with my emotions. I've dealt with the pain. I've tried it out. I've done all the things that I recommend. And I can laugh about it because it is a little funny. And you have to admit, it's a little funny if someone spent their life or 20 years or what have, have you, 25 years trying to ruin your life and they didn't win. Like it's a little bit like haha on you. So make your life the best life possible because that's the best way to deal with someone who's trying to smear your good name or ruin your reputation. So that's what I have to say about that. So your takeaways, smear campaigns could easily be impacting up to, I do mean up to, a third of the adult population in the U.S. And I suspect it could be higher. That's my suspicion, but I'll leave it at up to a third. My next takeaway is you can deal with a smear campaign. It won't have to ruin you. You will have to deal with your emotions, but you can get through it with your head held high and grace and dignity. And my last thing is make sure you've got plenty of love, affection, happiness, the good things in life and that you are creating your life because you're really going to care very little or significantly less about what other people are saying about you. If you are focused on you and your life and all the good stuff, I hope you will consider sharing this podcast on social media so you can help other people with this terrible, it's a terrible, smear campaigns are terrible, but help other people by sharing this podcast. All right, that's it. We got it. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 125, Smear Campaigns. I hope this podcast provided some new ideas on what to do with a problem that seems, according to the research, to be extremely common. I hope you will subscribe to my podcast because, of course, you wouldn't want to miss a new one. Share this podcast on social media to help other people gain traction in this very painful problem. I hope you are doing well. Hang in there. I love you. That's all for now.